Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the world's greatest Doom Patrol related podcast where each episode we talk long and lovingly about our all-time favourite superhero team of all time, the mighty Doom Patrol. Oh, that matches with what's in my head. I'm Paul <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks and you can get in touch with us at waitingfordoom.com, our awesome website. And there's also waitingfordoom at gmail.com if you want to send us the type of email things that people send. And we're on Facebook and all our episodes are available on iTunes, stitcheradiopoddean.com and where's the other place? Spotify. Spotify, yeah, we finally caught up with the latest century. Go us! As the kids yes. say. Yes. Hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at avantgarde. Garth? No, Avant Garth. Wow, I can't even get my own Twitter handle right. <laughs> Good grief. You can also find on Twitter our sentient show account, who is Wilfred. He's at WFDPod. Hello, Wilfred, and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Wilfred. Hello, and Merry Christmas, humans. Wilfred assumes you are both on the naughty list. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know how Wilfred thinks he's in control of... Uh, uh, no, I won't oh. mention it. Uh, anyway, Paul, how have you been... Uh, in the past week and a bit since we last spoke. What's been going on, my friend? <laughs> well, Doctor. Um, <laughs> no, uh, what do you I mean? Have... What are you talking about? <laughs> I've been catching up with some comics. I bought a lot of physical comics. I went into a comic shop and I had, there was some waiting for me and I've been catching up on them. So I've been reading... Like, I really like Warren Ellis. In You know, I, I get... I, when I'm away from Warren Ellis Comics for a while, I get the urge and I feel, I want to read them. So I got the first three issues of The Batman's Grave by Warren Ellis uh, oh. with Brian Hitch Art. Oh. And um, I think that's all I'm going to get of that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I read it and I did not like it. And there's something wrong with Alfred and the things he is saying are sounding like Warren Ellis and not Alfred. So. Right. Like, okay. Alfred is making jokes about getting ripped on the finest quality cocaine, and... Uh, you what? I don't think that's Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. And the weird thing is that sounds exactly like what a terrorist said in the one of the early issues of Planetary. So. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so, Warren Ellis, don't change. And obviously... <laughs> um. <laughs> But other than that, I, I caught up with the next issue of Legion of Superheroes, and that was super fun. Oh, okay. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where are you at with those? Are you? Are um, you... I have literally just before we started recording read the first issue of Legion hey! of Superheroes, and uh, I read I reread the first issue of Millennium and finished the second one just beforehand as well. I kind of wish there'd been a little bit more Legion in that, but I have to say I'm really excited about Legion of Superheroes. It's. Oof bright and colourful and optimistic and interesting opening and because I think in my entire life I've only ever read one Legion comic in my entire life before and that was when I was a kid and I vaguely recall Changeling being on a planet fighting some sort of grey worm type alien or something. I was like you know less younger than 10 maybe when I read that so it's been a while um, mm. But I, I really like the first issue. I'm kind of like, oh wow, okay, this looks really good, and it, the the dialogue's fun and interesting. And I really wish John Kent had gone on that orientation presentation. <laughs> <laughs> well, this I, I actually think the second issue is even better, and and that joke continues. Oh, nice, so, nice. Yeah, okay. it's really good. Um, yeah, and and the art is fabulous by yes. Ryan. So, yes. Yeah. But um, oh 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 oh. <gasps> Oh. Um, Tom Taylor, Suicide Squad. I was wondering if you were going to pick oh. that up. Oh, so good. So yeah. good. It's like, this is, this is, ignore all the Suicide Squads since John Ostrander st- stopped writing Ooh. and just pick this one up. It's really good. Okay. It, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's deaths, there's, um, <laughs> twists. Uh-huh. There's a really good setup and the status quo is, um, on its ear. Ooh. Let's consider it has an ear. It is on it. Wow. Look, okay, based on that 
recommendation and that hype, I will treat myself to the first issue um, on Comixology after we record this. Ooh, you willing to it? Okay, orders received, sir. <laughs> if you buy, it, I think it's cheaper if you buy it through Amazon, actually, dude. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. we'll see. We'll yeah. sort something. I will. I will definitely check it out because even though I have a ziggurat of comics awaiting me um, <laughs> to to get through, I've got so many comics I've got to get caught up on. Um, if you get enough, it can be your burial chamber. Well, that's the plan. You know, I've got yeah. you know a couple of bookcases full of stuff. So hollow out the middle, crawl in. Yep. Yep. Goodbye, Mike. Yeah, he he died doing <laughs> what he loved, being crushed under the weight of unread comics. <laughs> yeah, and also because um, Tom Taylor's been on fire, I picked up his latest. He did a one-off issue of Detective Comics, which I'm sure you'll get to. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and I won't say anything about story for spoilers, but uh, the bad guy is his surname is Morrison. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, did he, mm. is he from Hawaii by any chance, or is he Hawaii <laughs> adjacent? So, mm, dear. Mm, yeah, some politics. Yes. Mm, ruba, Putting timestamps in all our shows now. There you go, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, actually, I was looking through some old files uh, in preparing for this show, and by files I mean audio files, and I came across a soundbite that you recorded of Tom Taylor at a convention. Yes. Um, and when there was a rumour that... or Did we start the rumour? Somehow there was a no, rumour. No, it was on Bleeding Cool. There was a rumour on Bleeding Cool years ago that he was yes. going to take over Doom Patrol. And yes. this was before um, Volume 6 came out. Yes. And, um, and we, I cornered him at a convention and said, are you going to write Doom Patrol? He said, no. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can find that audio file again and include it in this episode, because it's oh, kind of funny. Okay. Oh, memories. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Gosh. Yeah. And what about you, Mike? Um, as I said before, mainly Legion of Superheroes stuff. Uh, I'm getting through the uh, Deadbeats musical horror anthology, which I um, backed on Kickstarter a little while ago. We had Joe Corallo on the show talking about that. Some of that's really dark. There's some... <laughs> I don't Ooh. read a lot of horror comics, and some of the way... I mean, they're, they're all very short stories, you know, only a few pages, some of them. But some of them are really dark. Um, oh. And the um, the the Richard Case Rachel Pollack story again, very short, very cool, but very dark ending. <laughs> it's just um, so if if you like horror stories and and anthologies, and you're able to get your hands on it, I highly recommend Deadbeats. It's good fun. Um, yeah, so there's that. Uh, again, I've because I'm so behind on comics, I'm buying more comics, and they are getting added to the ziggurat of shame. Uh, so I think I. I I probably have about a dozen issues each of like Wonder Woman and Detective and Justice League to get through. So <laughs> I'm kind of well. Look, the good news is I have exactly two working days left this year. Then I have two working days at the very start of 2020, and then I'm on holidays for six weeks. So wow. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, just lounging around, and I'm determined to get caught up on all my comics uh, well and truly before that time is up, because if I don't, there's just something wrong with me, I think. (laughs) Turn that ziggurat into a canoe. Yes, yes, or a burial chamber, as you were (laughs) (laughs) saying. So yeah, uh, I've just got to get through four work days, uh, well, two work days, a week off over Christmas, and then two more work days at the very start of the year, then I'm Oh, I can I can chillax, as the kids say. I can take mm. it easy. I'm so looking forward to that. <laughs> nice. Yes. Anyway, how about we go and have a look at what is happening over at the Doom News Desk? Okay. So, uh, in Doom News, I've got nothing. I've, there's nothing interesting enough for me to point out from the internet. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, nothing. It's oh. uh, Season 2, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, volume 7 of Doom Patrol is ending. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know what's coming after that. Um, I'll be very surprised if there isn't a new Doom Patrol series after that, but will they go in a different direction? Will it be 
weird and quirky, or will it be straightforward adventure? Will it be darker and more Vertigo-ish? We don't mm. know. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. I, I don't know. Look, if no. I did know, I would mention something, but I know nothing of this. Yeah. Mm. If anyone knows and you're listening, uh, get in touch. Get in uh, touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone that's working on the TV show that's listening and wants to get in touch, get in touch. Get in touch. Any, anyone from DC Comics that knows something that's in the pipelines, you know, help uh, a couple of brothers out. You know, hook a couple of brothers up with some hot goss. Anyone who wants to start a wild, unproven rumour, hook us up and we'll, we'll spread yeah. it for you. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark Russell and Doc Shana, if you just want to get in touch, get in touch. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Frank Miller's going to be writing Doom Patrol, I hear. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's going <laughs> to... That, that, that's wow! I'm speechless. <laughs> is he is he doing the art as well? Or? Um, no, no. I think um, oh, who was doing art? I think it was. Wasn't it Mobius? Uh, yeah, Mobius, or was it Neil Adams? It was someone like that. Oh, okay, okay, right. Yeah. That's that's going to be uh, wow. Roll on volume eight. Miller Adams. Wow. Okay. Looking forward mm. to, to that one. Uh, anyway, yeah. is uh, what is this distracting ticking that I hear? That distracting, distracting ticking that is thankfully uh, interrupting this bizarre conversation. That is the Doom Clock, Paul. Woo! Sorry, I don't know what that means, but it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> So as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock for the last time in 2019, we can see that it has been just two weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, Paul, that being issue six of Doom Patrol Way to the Worlds, which we will be discussing shortly in this very episode. So no, no more about that for now. Uh, issue seven, the final issue of this volume, that is due out on January the 29th of 2020, and that's just a mere five weeks away. So... Bit of a breather before we say farewell to Way to the World. And, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, Paul, let's move on to one of your favourite segments, the This Week in Doom Patrol History Guessing Game. Yay! Oh, okay. Are you ready, sir? I'm super ready today. Su- super ready. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, now, I will warn you, this is a tricky one this week. Oh, shit. Not, not through any, you know, act on my part, just the way... The date turned out. Okay, so I'm rolling the eight-sided die of doom. Ooh, you get seven. Seven, sweet. And, and because it's Christmas time and I'm feeling generous, I'm going to give you a bonus question so you get the full eight. Wow. Oh, well, well, let's see if I need it. Okay. So, is, well, is this a conventional Doom Patrol issue that I'm trying to identify? Ooh... I'm gonna Sounds have like a no. I'm gonna have to say no. I'm gonna have to say no. Okay. Question right. the second. Is it? Uh oh. Ooh. Okay. Is it? How how many pages is it? <laughs> One moment, please. <laughs> okay. The page count for this issue. Is thirty-two. Okay. That Quest, helps. Question the third. Is this uh, related to Milk Wars at all? No. Uh, question the fourth. Um, is it an annual? No. Oh. Question the fifth. Uh, is it? So thirty-two, non-annual. Okay, alright. Uh, it's not a commemorative issue. Is it a spin off from Doom Patrol? No, it is not a spin off from Doom Patrol. Mm. Question <sighs> the sixth uh, Does it have rabbits on the cover? I'm just going to double-check the cover art. No, it does not. Now, I'm trying to think of what cover has a rabbit on it. No, there are no rabbits to be seen on the cover, but I'll give you a bonus hint. Yeah. There is, there is an animal of a sort on the cover. 
Which I'm sure... Oh, this... Which I'm, I'm sure doesn't really help much at all. <laughs> is it an octopus? Is that question seventh, or is... <laughs> yes, it is. It is not an octopus. Oh. You have one final question left. Oh, ah, oh. is it a digest? It is not a digest. Is it... That's all your questions, my friend. Has it got a duck on the cover? <laughs> no! What, what, what if she had a duck on the cover? <laughs> is there a cow? There's no cow. There's no more questions. Un- unfortunately, you have you have not won this one. Oh, but... it narrowed it down. There was no octopus and no rabbit. And... Yeah, that, oh. that really narrowed it down. <laughs> so going were there on... cheese river tanks? <laughs> there were no cheese river tanks. It was not an issue of Blackhawks. <laughs> so going on sale for a mere 20 cents oh. on December 26th of 1972, oh. with a oh. cover date of February of 1973, was issue 122 of Doom Patrol oh, Volume 1. the issue after the end. Yes. It's this, the reprint. This issue was indeed actually a reprint of the story oh. first published in Doom Patrol 89 from June of 1964 and was brought to us by Arnold Drake, Bruno Premiani and Murray Boltonoff. Titled The Animal Vegetable Mineral Menace, so the dinosaur part of him being the animal of a sort on the cover. This story, oh. this story introduces to Dr. Sven Larsen, who seeks revenge on Niles Calder, believing that the chief has stolen an invention of his. Ah, that old chestnut. Angry scientist out to get the chief. Again. Paramecium. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of uh, deep cut callbacks, that, uh, we, we covered that issue, um, issue 89, because we never covered issue 122, because... It's just a reprint. Uh, we covered issue 89 all the way back in episode 9 of the show from February of 2015, which was called Comic Book Science Couldn't Save Giacomo. So there's a name we've not heard in a while. Hmm. <laughs> and yes, you can find episode 9 uh, on waitingfordoom.com in the Doom dossier for volume 1. And that is it for the Doom Clock for 2019. Damn it. That's what a bad note to go out on. <laughs> Well, look, I'm sure the show and its content will only get better from here on out. Eh, Paul? <laughs> it can't get worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding you to that. Uh, oh, okay. Hey, Jared, I have a question. What's up? Well, I've been a part of the Longbox Crusade for about a year and a half now. Yeah? Well, that's not a question, man. I know, I'm getting to it. That was called Build Up. Like I was saying, I've been with the Longbox Crusade and I have gone out and represented the show faithfully. That's still not a question. I'm still building up. I was wondering, could I be a part of the official promo? There's this great promo for the podcast that airs across podcast land and it has Pat Sampson, the founder of the show, you, the art cell artist, and your brother Jason, a.k.a. Weasel Skull, but it doesn't have me, Delvin Williams. The Dark Web! Could you ask the guys if they would let me be a part of the promotion, since you were the one who invited me onto the show? Well, not to be a Mr. Quick to correct, but that was at least two questions. Still, I guess I'll ask. Let me go talk to the guys, and you stay here. Okay, great. Thanks, man. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up, Jared? What's up, Jared? I have a question. Delvin's been with us for like a year and a half. That's not a question. Uh, yeah, I know. It's called Build Up. Hey, can we finally include him on the promo? It's the least we can do. He doesn't know that we're getting paid yet. And he never will. I mean, do we need him? After all, we already have the Longbox Crusade. And I provide awesome synopsis and insight on Crusader Chronicles. And I host Saturday Matinee Theater and also provide these nuts jokes. Hey, I do that. Me too. So we're fine as it is. What does Delvin do? We should just let him go. Wait, he hosts Transformers Chronicles. You should know that, Pat. You're on that show. So what do you say? Can we keep him? (sighs) Fine, let's do it. Let's do it live! We could have done this with him in the room. It would have made more sense. Why is he outside? I think we were doing a bit. Okay, let's do this. The Longbox Crusade Podcast Network is the place to be if you like deep dives in the comics of yesteryear with the Longbox Crusade. Chronological reading journals with Crusader Chronicles. Indexing forgotten TV shows, films, and serials with Saturday Matinee Theater. Pitting two randomly selected action films against one another in action film face-off 
off, cataloging the Marvel run of the Transformers comic with Transformers Chronicles, and whatever else the demented minds of Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin can come up with. If that sounds like it might be for you, be sure to subscribe to The Longbox Crusade on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much all reputable podcast feeds. Or check us out directly at www.longboxcrusade.com, where we continue our quest to... And now it's time for the final Doom Splaining segment of 2019. And this week, Paul is going to take us through the most recent issue of Doom Patrol Word of the Worlds. I am, yes. This is a, uh, it's a comic, it's got a beautiful cover by Nick Derrington, and it shows Casey Brink in sort of uh, digital armour. Um, and behind her is a frog uh, with a beret, you know, sort of, uh, it looks like a British frog, I would say, and it's riding a moped. Um, and mm. it is going from the, uh, let's say, the left of the screen a page to the right of the page across. And behind is a giant cliff steel, and there's sort of digital blobs and stuff. And mm. it looks like it's in some sort of Tron-ish sort yeah. of grid landscape. Ca- Casey, Fair to say? Yeah, Casey looks, her body looks reminiscent of Robocop. There's the giant robot man holding up the Doom Patrol logo. And yeah, there's little coloured pixels everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very odd. Yeah. yeah, but this comic it is a story by Gerard Way and Jeremy Lambert. It has art and colours by Omar Francia, and it's lettered by Simon Boland and assistant edited by Maggie Hal and edited by Andy Curry. And so, getting into this one, whew, it's quite a one. Um, so. So I don't know if there's any point recapping, but uh, the way to the worlds, the Doom Patrol have been having lots of different adventures, and clear, well, the one thread that has persisted is Cliff turned into a man, and then he had an accident and turned back into a robot, and he got a new body, called, courtesy of Keeg, the energy, negative energy being, mm-hmm. and that... Uh, every time he does acts of kindness, he gets an upgrade. So yes. he's been upgrading his body and become obsessed with that and started calling himself Cliff Fix-It. Mm. That's probably all you need to know, unless I'll tell you something in the synopsis, which you need to know. Mm. So Casey and Lucius are cruising through space in Danny the Ambulance when they bump into Corbin, the giant blue orb god-shaped deity of the planet Orbius. And Corbin tells them that they need to come and help as his people have all become mind-trapped in the virtual reality exercise realm created by a na- native Ob- Orbiosin? Ob- <laughs> native dude. <laughs> native to Orbius, Justin. And he has created a system known as the body-moving virtual reality. And all the Orbiosin people... <laughs> have gone in there to exercise their bodies in a virtual uh, environment and for some reason. Anyway, mm. uh, this all relates to events in Doom Patrol Wed the Worlds issue one, where they went to Orbius and uh, there was a lot of body shaming because all the Orbiusians were globe-shaped. Yes. And uh, they wanted to be human-shaped and, um, yeah, they are all rebelling against that and then their god reappeared uh, due to the Doom Patrol and he said, hey, round is beautiful and everyone sort of... Uh, got with the round program and relaxed. Um, Yeah, anyway. Anyway, uh, Casey and Lucius summon the other patrollers, Rita, Jane, Larry, and Flex, who were having a volleyball game. Uh, (laughs) And soon the team are on Orbius, and they rendezvous with Justin at the Body Moving VR Center, or BMVR. Um, And he tells them that how he and many others are trapped in the Bozumatrix. Bozumatrix. Yes. Mm. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mm. If, uh, that if the uh, yeah, that's not a good name for a movie. Um, <laughs> so the gathered patrollers all don helmets and sit in their VR cradles. Then open their eyes to see their motorcycle riding VR bodies in the Bosometrics. And uh, Virtual Justin explains how everyone was loving being in the BMVR um, until the realm was infected by a virus called Wild Ass. Wild Ass. <laughs> In the form of a moped-riding frog delivering baguettes. Yeah? Mm, Follow me? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Justin has developed some neutralizing code in the form of a glass of orange juice that the patrollers can use to stop Wild Ass. Uh, Unfortunately, Wild Ass is being protected by Rogue Progues, the gun-wielding RoboHunter 94, Goth Claudia 242, and Dragon Ice Cream D. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm probably saying that wrong, but that's what it looks like. Yep. Uh, they appear, and Justin implores the team to use their imagination to best defend themselves from the rogue progs. So Lucius sprouts virtual bat wings and vomits computer code at the rogue progue foes. <laughs> Casey uh, cuts a hole in the wall that leads to the team to the virtual wasteland where Wild Ass is crossing to reach the beta core and deliver his viral baguette payload. <laughs> the sentence I always wanted to say. It's a Christmas miracle. Well done. <laughs> hey, baby. My viral baguette payload. Um <clears throat> Anyway, as the team closes on Wild Ass, he swerves away from the blast, causing Jane to hit Casey by mistake. Anyway, Lucius manages to grow his front wheel till it knocks Wild Ass off the moped. Now, the team then grab the hapless frog and force him to drink the orange juice. Wild Ass protests, then collapses dead before the team. Uh, the rogue progs arrive aghast at what has happened. Justin also appears, the blue around entity, and he drops his benevolent guise and gloats openly that the digital antibody is dead. His plan to keep everyone in the bozu forever is now accomplished. Casey accuses him of tricking them, and he agrees. Yes, luckily you don't seem to know much about computers, and at the same time, being way too trusting. Now, let's have a death match. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Justin summons a giant digital version of Cliff Steele, Robot Man, to dispatch the patrollers. Lucius is frantically delivering CPR to Wild Ass, leading to the frog coughing up the juice. With the frog back on his feet and the team all flee towards the beta core with the giant Robot Man in close pursuit. Reaching the core, Wild Ass declares, Fresh baguettes! And locks his <laughs> bread load into the swirl of code. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, this this is taking a turn, hasn't it? Um, the reality around them starts to collapse. Lucius says farewell to Wild Ass, who replies, for now, ominously. I think it is for now, because this is like the second last issue. Yes, the penultimate <laughs> issue, almost. Or the second last. Yeah. The yeah. team return to the real world and remove their headsets and decide to head back to Danny now that they have freed the Orbisonians. <laughs> Yeah. Those guys, yeah. <laughs> before they can leave, they are stunned to see a new planet in the sky before them. <gasps> anyway, to understand what this planet is, we must go back to earlier pages where Cliff, now known as Cliff Fixit, is continuing in his quest for robotic upgrades unlocked through good deeds, large and small, miraculous and mundane. A lackey of the Overlords attacks Cliff with a somewhat hefty sword. They have spied on Cliff and determined that his upgrade matrix is his weakness. Unfortunately, in battling Cliff, the servant of the Overlords keeps causing Cliff to protect innocent bystanders, leading to a slam cannon upgrade. Cliff blasts a hole in his foe. The exposed upgrade matrix begins to malfunction, causing Cliff to multiply into an army, just in time for the new Overlord assault. Having defeated the Overlord Swarm and liberated their conquered planet, Cliff Fixit undergoes the ultimate upgrade. His brain grows to giant size and his metallic body configures into a planet-sized globe around it. He sucks the Overlord survivors into himself, fixing them all. Planet Cliff announces he will gather all beings in the universe into him to fix. And he is what the team see in the sky as they finish their adventures on Orbius. <gasps> <laughs> wow, what do you think of this, Mike? Um, okay. Yeah. <sighs> I the Cliff Steel stuff I really enjoyed. Okay, the the we we know that from from earlier issues in this that Planet Cliff was potentially and you know apparently going to be the big threat at the end of this, thanks to Mento, of all people. Um, so that stuff I enjoyed a lot more than the Bozo Matrix stuff. And as fun as, it, as fun as it is to say, wild ass, the baguette-wielding frog, all of that stuff just... Uh, I couldn't get into it. Uh, especially the... The computer imagery art, I've never been a fan of that in comics. I'm still not a fan of that in comics. Uh, it just... It was just weird and silly for the sake of being weird and silly, I think. I couldn't... I just couldn't... I just didn't really enjoy that part of the storyline. 
whereas seeing Cliff sort of go into overdrive with trying to fix everything and finally becoming Planet Cliff, I was like, okay, wow, this is the one thread that's been throughout this volume. We are finally seeing Planet Cliff approach the rest of the team in his new planetary form. That was cool to see. Um, The rest of it, I just, I don't know, I just couldn't get into it. It was just... I don't, I don't, and I hate speaking badly of the Doom Patrol, for the most part. But yeah, this this one just did not really do it for me. I would have preferred to have seen an entire issue showing Cliff's. Well, it's not really a descent into madness. It's more just you know, uh, his his upgrade matrix gets damaged. He begin yeah, he begins to multiply, and that that's where all the uh, metal that forms the planet comes from. And yeah, he, he sucks the the rest of the planet up where he's been helping them and all of a sudden it's like oh okay he's gone too far now so mm. that that was interesting that you know i think the interesting plot thread and themes there is that cliff is so keen to help everyone but himself it's like he never takes a break and he's, he's always doing so much good because he's not that you've seen him say it or you've it's been mentioned but i think he is secretly enjoying getting all the upgrades and becoming better than he was. But yeah, yeah that he, was a question I had. Is he addicted to doing good, or is he addicted to getting upgrades? Yeah, that's that's a very good question, and I would have liked to have seen that explored more, rather than digital baguettes getting thrown around. <laughs> um, yeah. As fun and, and as silly as that was, and I think that's that's part of my problem with this volume is that. At first, it was like, okay, yeah, they're doing one-and-done jaunts across the universe and doing different things, but it's now, like, issue six, and it's getting a bit a bit annoying. Um, whereas the Planet Cliff stuff is much more interesting in that one of their own is turning out to be the big threat. And, yeah, I... I to me, it's it's kind of been like... He's, he's so busy caring for everyone else and fixing everyone else's problems, he's not stopping to take care of himself. And I think that's partly because he might be addicted to the upgrades and he's just lost control. And mm. it's, it's, all, it's all gone to hell in a handbaskets um, now. And I am hoping that it sticks the landing in the next issue, which is the final one for this volume. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I feel that... You know, there are things happening to the team, but there's no emotional consequences to anything. Like the team, the characterization of the team is they just show up and had adventures, and it's like, you know, as it's probably a shallower than a Scooby Doo plot Mm -hmm. as far as the emotional context for these people in these stories. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, even this issue, I thought, okay, it's it's digital, wacky. It has this retro look, very much like reboot, um, that mm-hmm. TV show from years ago. Yes. Um, it, even the title of it, Digital Justin, is a play on the Digital Justice comic book that Batman had in the early nineties. Yes. Um, and you know everything is sort of blocky and everything. And I thought, okay, they could lean into this. It could be really funny, and it it never really goes there. It just has sort of, you know, this. The frog with the baguettes on the moped, and I felt like that was an in joke that um, you know I wasn't really in on. Um, mm. And there were whole things in this where it's like, okay, I, I don't understand this. It sounds like uh, you know Gerard and Jeremy, you know they they were greatly amused by this. But uh, yeah, I, I I felt like I was missing part of it. I mean, I like the designs of um, you know the concept behind some of the designs of mm. the digital characters. So. Um, Jane appears with a boxy head with multiple faces, which sort of yes. represents her her um, personality. And Rita has a very blobby body. Um, yeah, but that was that was about as far as the digital imagery. I mean, it's it's nicely done. I couldn't do it, and you know, it looks retro. And yeah, but I would have thought the the comedy being added to that would really enhance it, or more blatant comedy, like, mm. you know, people wandering around going, oh, this looks incredibly realistic and futuristic, you know, whereas it looks like a video game from our childhood. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. There is something lacking in this run, and, yeah, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what the next issue does. I mean, whether mm. this, um, you know, sticks the landing and, you know, br- brings us a satisfying con- conclusion or whether it just stops, you know. Mm, it's, yeah. It's going to be hard to tell. 
I, I will agree with you that the art's really cool. I mean, it, it's a great looking issue. Um, there is lots of action and it's bright and colourful, so I can't fault the art. It's just uh, the the main adventure back on Orbius is just yeah, just just didn't do it for me. Um, and and I I completely agree with you. It's just yeah, they just turn up, they have wacky adventures, they go on to the next one, and that's been going on for so long now. I just kind of I I needed a continuing plot thread to hook me. And we got part of that with the cliff stuff in this issue, but, yeah, it just wasn't enough for me. And, um, yeah, I'm just... And, yeah, like, I I kind of think, uh, uh, am I missing a joke somewhere? Um, Is the frog meant to represent something else? Because I know a frog is used by, by certain online groups as their mascot and I wondered if it was taking a dig at them in some way but yeah I just I just couldn't connect with this one mm. Mm. yeah and the, the way we see the Doom Patrol in between adventures too it's like they're on a cruise ship like they're always just sitting around relaxing or exercising or <laughs> playing games it's... well they're, yeah they're, they're playing volleyball in Dannyland um, <laughs> when they get the call to come up to the ambulance so, oh okay time to get to work gang and yeah, it's it's very Scooby Gang esque, which yeah. is a, a phrase I never thought I would say. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, interesting to see how it, how it finishes up and what comes after this is very intriguing. Yeah. Now, do you think they they will come out with something in fairly short order next year, or do you think they'll take a break? Um, I think we'll know, at least we'll hear of what's going to happen in the next six months, I'd say. Mm. So, so we yeah. should know by June or, you know, earlier in May, I reckon. Okay. Um, and if I were DC, I would probably want to have something new on the stands in time for volu- uh, season two of the show. Yes. yes. That would be a nice uh, synergy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. 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 So, mm. yeah, so, um... Uh, it's okay, you know, it's it's still... I think it's still better than anything in the burn run. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, I, I, I'm just... I just need that connective thread more than I need the one-and-done adventures. You know, yeah. and, and unfortunately, um, yeah, the next issue is the final one. So, um, mm. I, I am hoping it focuses on how they resolve the Planet Cliff storyline yeah yeah me too oh that means they're gonna bring mento back <sighs> god Maybe. damn it yeah he'll he'll probably remember something just in the nick of time to help save the day oh that's even worse god <laughs> damn it mm. uh, so uh, i think we're all doing explained yeah okay <laughs> It's part of the show where we dip into the mailbag or dive into the mailbag, depending on the opening size and how much weight we've put on at the moment. And it's pre-Christmas, so not that much for me. So I can dive in. And Mike is a beast in the gym, so he can jump in. and We could tear the bag right open. Roar. Yeah, but don't do that, Mike. We need it for okay. the next episode. So. Right. Anyway, uh, getting into the mailbag of Doom, we asked people the question on the last episode of Waiting for Doom, what trend in comics would you like to see reversed? And we heard straight away from Martin Gray, who said, decompression, and spread it out like that. So mm. he's not a fan of the spread out stories. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. We then heard from Sean Ross at the Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, and Sean said, I'd like DC and Marvel to stop destroying parts of Australia in their events. Leave our Aussie friends in peace. Yes, agreed. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Yep. Yes. Mm. Bless you. Uh, we heard from Jonathan Dye, and he said, Comics taking their cues from TV and movie adaptations. The TV movie adaptations are necessarily changed and dumbed down to make it to the big screen. The history of the source material gives it the richness that brings me back. So, yeah, mm. don't like that trend. Mm. I'm not yeah. a fan. Yeah. Uh, mm. We then heard from Frack, who uh, chimed in a few times in this mailbag. And the, the first three he gave us was uh, uh, he wants thinner absolute editions. Okay. No, he uh, <laughs> uh, he, the, the next trend he he wasn't a fan of, is uh, the New 52, all of it. Wow. 
Mm. Uh, and then he said, also, the decision to have a John Byrne Doom Patrol omnibus. Who the hell asked for that? That is a very good not, question. Not us. No, no, <laughs> definitely not us. No, no. <laughs> Uh, we heard from Doug Zavisha, and he said, I'd like the endless reboots, restarts, resets to stop. Make multiple realities if you have to, but just give the stories room to grow. Also, please bring back the significance of DC Legacy. Mm. Mm. I like it. I like it. Uh, we then heard from uh, the Celtic Punk cast, and they said the heavy, heavy reliance of DC in Batman and the way it pushes other characters to the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. As much as I enjoy my detective comics, I will have to kind of agree with that. Yeah. Mm. There's more to DC than just Batman, DC. Yep, Batman and the Outsiders. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we heard from Slangword Scott, and he said, For superhero comics, the trend away from ongoing soap opera to great works. I miss supporting characters and subplots. Oh, mm. you missed the 70s and the 80s. Don't you? <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey Brown at Tzijigo, uh said, I would like to see digital comics being sold cheaper than current cover price. Uh, more one-and-done issues, more weird and experimental comics outside of the big two uh, deserve your support. Uh, he would like people to stop pirating comics, like seriously, support more LGBTIQ plus comics and creators as well. Yeah. Well said, yes. Mm, definitely. Yes, I, I am a big believer of buying your comics if you want to read them. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Doc Strange, Billy Delicious, and he's from the Into the Weird podcast, I believe, with oh. uh, Herman. And he said, stop the renumbering relaunches. Oh. And Marvel said, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marvel. <laughs> it's so wacky. Uh, we then heard from our friend Kevin, who... Uh, this week, his handle on Twitter is Melt Each Knit Review. Uh, and Kevin says, No more staples. Um, yes. mm. wait, okay. That's uh, not really a trend, it's a, a staple of the industry. Ah. Ah. Wordplay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, is he talking digital? Is that a clever way of saying I support digital? Maybe. Maybe. I Kevin, so. you'll, you'll have to clarify that one for us, please, and thank you. Mm. Yes. Yes, uh, we heard from our friend Mr. Oberts, uh, or Obsolete Vernacular, as he's going by this time. And he said, cancel Doom Patrol so your name is relevant again. Don't worry, yeah. they are. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're one step ahead of you, Matt, but thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, look, we heard from Frack again. And uh, he said, also would like the death of Wolverine reversed, because it was shit. Uh, also would like the return of Wolverine reversed, as it was shit too. Hashtag, as the kids say. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I've not heard many kids I, uh, say either of those things, but sure. Yeah. I read The Death of Wolverine, and it wasn't good. Um, but okay. I did enjoy, I think, the Admantium Agenda, which was part of the Return of Wolverine. And, uh, I, yeah, it was good, because Tom Taylor wrote it, and he got got in some good gags. So, right. Uh, yeah. uh, okay. So it wasn't completely bad. Anyway, nice. okay. uh, we heard from Juice005, our friend Aaron. Aaron! And, yay! And he said, I'd like to see the strong guy isn't in all the comics, finally see. Strong guy should be in all the comics. Right. Yes, <laughs> championing that cause again. Yeah, Aaron. yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish Aaron would shut up about strong guy. Oh, <laughs> call, call blimey. Yeah. Poor strong guy. Uh, Jack Rochar, at Old Fashioned Outlaw on the Twitters, said, Decompressed storytelling. I would like to see this type of storytelling re- reserved for graphic novels or prestige book like DC's Black Label. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Frack, again. Again. He's back. Yeah. Also would like to see the decision to cancel the current Doom Patrol reversed. Mm. Mm. Well, they'll probably announce a new one, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what you should do is you should wait for the Doom Patrol with us. That's that's yes. all we do. Yeah. Uh, we then heard from Chris at BTO and Bat Books, and Chris said a lot of what's already been said. So I'll say the overabundance of variant covers. Oh yes, he buys a lot of uh, dynamite, so I'm sure that's an issue. Oh well, yeah, wow. Okay. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. Yep. I don't mind variant covers as long as you know they're not like order 500 copies to get one of these and things like yeah. that. And I think that's that's tough on retailers and it's unfair to speculate. You know, people 
just go crazy for things that they shouldn't go crazy for. Yeah. Like, I quite like the thing DC's doing where they do the card stock cover for a dollar more, or $15 more if you're in Australia. Um, <laughs> yeah, I quite yeah. like that. Mm. Okay. <laughs> we heard from Cameron Williams at Wasco, and he said, I'd like to see Marvel use Batman more. He's one of the most popular characters, and Marvel rarely uses him. Why haven't we had Batman join the Fantastic Four yet? Being Batman is pretty fantastic. I blame reverse racism. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Cam, I think. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of Wolverine, as we were a minute ago, uh, if you ever want to uh, have a good chat with Cameron, ask him about uh, his theories uh, and views on Wolverine, because he's certain that there is a lost-in-time Wolverine still wandering around the Marvel Universe somewhere um, from the whole um, Age of Ultron storyline a few yeah. years back. So... Because it was never really wrapped up or taken care of, so and Cameron loves to discuss that. So uh, oh, okay. th- there you go. He, he might not really. No, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. Uh, Mike Rockatansky chimed in with fun team up books that are one and done shouldn't be treated so poorly. They could be a great gateway read for kids. Yes, I'm fully behind that one. Yep. Mm. And we have from Stefan Moby, and uh, Moby One, and he said, "Ach Moby One, actually." He said it would be nice to see comic conventions, well, in Australia at least, be more about comics like they used to, and not so much about pop culture. Yes. Here, here, yes, yeah. agreed, yes. I would love to be able to go to a convention here that does not have video game stuff and TV wrestling. and wrestling, yeah, and. TV actors and that, and voiceover, or, you know, animation voice actors, and it's like, really, just just be like Heroes Con. I went to that, and uh, have you been did to Heroes Con? Heroes Con? I did, I did, I've, I've been a couple of times. Have you been to Heroes Con? I have been to Heroes Con, yes. Excellent, we must have just missed each other. Um, but okay. that is brilliant, because it's just about the comics. That's one mm. of the things I love about it. There's no, nothing else there. It's all, uh, but yes, completely agree. Stefan? Uh, we then heard from Clinton at Coffin Comics blog, and Clinton said, I would love to see companies do away with the excessive use of big events. Even more than that, though, I really want to see writing for the trade go away in favour of just telling quality stories and bringing back the concept of one and two part stories. Yep, love it very much. Okay, uh, Freck, he's back again. Oh. Unusual. He said, I would like to go back to one annual appearance of the Joker. Also happy with no more appearances. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Well, we don't need the Joker now that we've got the Batman who laughs. Oh, God. No, no. Just it, It's like DC said, hey, I think everyone's kind of sick of the Joker, but how can we still, still tell Joker stories? I know. I know what we'll do. We'll combine them. And that way we're still getting our Joker jollies. And, you know, driving everyone nuts. I was like, oh, God. Anyway, uh, we then heard from Sphinx Magoo, who is going by the handle of Winter Magic Sphinx Magoo at the moment. And Sphinx said, I would like to see the big two introduce new characters in their respective universes that aren't just a new take on an old name that they have sitting in their digital Rolodexes. I'd also like to see profit sharing improve for these new characters so creators get money too. Yes. Mm. Mm. Suicide Squad number one out this week. Uh, <laughs> right. It's okay. Got, it's got a lot of new characters. And Do I they think all... A lot of them are going to stick. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, a lot of them die, but a lot oh, of them right. Okay. Right. There we go. But there's generally a lot of new characters, and a lot of them are really cool. Okay. Um, okay. We heard from someone called Grumbles and Cheese uh, at Cakey Church, and there's a picture of a dog, so I don't know what. The... Uh, but they said superheroes too much of a niche market as long as it's the primary focus of the two biggest companies non-readers will continue to associate superheroes with comics and they will continue to stay away in droves image an example of how all comic publishers should operate 
I'm so sure about everything about that. Like, I, I think it's some of the stuff that DC's doing, and they've got, um, you know, Joe Hill Comics, the horror mm-hmm. line coming out at the yep. moment, and they've got the Vertigo stuff, and they've got some things that just don't fit with anything, like American Carnage that's just ended, and mm-hmm. they've had American Vampire and stuff like that. So it's not all superhero comics, and mm. I think some of the stuff pushing into the media, um, like The Kitchen, that movie, um, yes, yes. Yeah, that was a comic, and yeah. you know, it wasn't a superhero comic. So, yeah, there is really a focus on superhero comics, but it's not the only, you know, uh, arrow in their quiver, as it mm. were. Yeah, yeah. Unless I, it's Marvel, in which case it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, right. Uh, over on the Facebook page, we heard from Ed Latore, and Ed said, The trend of darkening comics needs to stop. The world is hopeless enough, and superheroes became relevant because they are a wish for a saviour. Let them honestly save some people without a caveat or a compromise. Yep, I like that's why I enjoy Legion of Superheroes 1, because it was all bright and colourful, and, you know, I got a sense of optimism from it. It mm. wasn't always, it wasn't all dark and brooding, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We heard from Jared Driscoll, and he said, Variant covers, I just don't see the point in them. Yep, another one. Yep. Uh, We then heard from Baruch Nahon, and uh, Baruch said, uh, SJW and PC trends, really stop it. Just make good comics, making the gender, the social orientation, and or the race the main thing. Doesn't work. And don't turn comics into political propaganda pamphlets. Don't try to indoctrinate me. I'm just uh, tired of so much preaching. Hmm. Hmm. I I think if if, if it's done... Uh, you know, uh, well, I mean, uh, good writing is good writing. And, yes. You know, and I think some people have a message and some people don't have a message. But, um, yeah, I I think there's, I mean, too many stories just have no point. And, you know, I'm a big fan of representation because it breaks down barriers for other people. And, you know, I believe that, you know, everyone should be able to pick up a piece of media and see themselves reflected in it. And, yeah. you know. I'm I'm a white male straight guy and I've seen myself reflected in everything. You know, I was mm-hmm. watching a Christmas movie today and um, you know, it, it was had John Denver in it. It, it was you know filmed in the seventies somewhere. Not a black person inside. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. And to me, I mean, that just looks wrong now. It's it's not that's not what life is like for people. No, you know, no. they're you know, it's yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but I hope you find comics you really like Baruch. I think there's some really good ones out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, I, I think there's room at the table for everyone, regardless of, you know, colour, creed, you know, personal beliefs. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's going to be represented in the comics uh, just because that's the way the world is these days. And... Yeah, you know, I, I grew up in a really multicultural society as a kid, and, um, you know, we were just accepting of everyone, you know, and to get all Star Trekky, uh, infinite diversity in, in infinite combinations, you know, that's, that's something I believe in, and I enjoy seeing that in the media I'm consuming, so, uh, but you're right, it needs to be done well, and, you know, the story needs to be told well, so, yeah. But yeah, look, Baruch, you know, follow your bliss. I, I hope you're finding stuff out there that you are enjoying. So, yeah. Hmm. Cool. Uh, we heard from James Young, and he said, Massive sprawling story arcs. Looking at you, Justice League. Would love to see a return to one or two parters with an occasional long arc. Yeah, that mm. Justice League arc is going on. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell you what, uh, I'm a few years away. Uh, you know, I don't want to do it anytime soon, but Year of the Villain is going to break me for DCOCD. Oh, God. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that Justice League storyline is um, sitting there in, in part of my ziggurat of shame, and I'm kind of reluctant to get to it because it's been going on so long, and and now I've some of the more recent issues I've picked up also have the Year of the Villain tie-in covers. So, you know, with the acetate thing where you, you it oh. looks like, oh, the bad guy's won, and then you lift it and you see, oh, no, hiding behind Cheetah is Wonder Woman, you know, tied up. Oh, no. And I'm kind of like, oh, I just, can we just move on already? Can it, <laughs> can it be the year of something else already? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so, Paul, what uh, trend would you like to see brought to an end? in um, comics 
Well, looking at uh, the way we've been covering things on DCOCD, uh, a trend has emerged in the history of that in that uh, in the early days, the 80s and Mm -hmm. the 90s, events were self-contained. They ended, and that was Mm. the end of the event. Mm. Uh, Whereas now we're seeing this event doesn't end. It rolls into the next event, and it just sets (laughs) up another event, and that event sets up another event, and, you know, it's infinite dominoes of storytelling that never actually satisfy you. Mm. Um, So I would like events to be self-contained a bit more and to actually completely tell a story and not set up the next thing and just worry about, you know, selling something else. Um, mm. You know, sell what you're selling. Don't sell the next thing because mm. it's, uh, you know, it's diminishing returns and it undermines your long-term satisfaction. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. That's my two cents. What about that, you, Mike? Uh, no, I agree. That, that's a good one. I, I do like because, And I completely agree. It's... Like, hey, this thing's ending, but it's not really. Get ready for get get ready f- for your wallet to cry next summer. Um, anyway, um, I would like. Uh, I one of mine is yeah the increased darkening of comics. Um, I read comics for escapism and enjoyment, and you know, and sometimes to you know think about things and. When it's always grim and gritty and always doom and gloom, it's just a bit of a turn-off. Um, so you'd like the colourist to use a lighter palette? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and so whether I just need to to venture outside of the superhero genre and look for other books, or whether writers start to, I don't know, just give the heroes a break... Um, that would be nice to see. Some subplots, like you mentioned, you know, missing the 70s and the 80s, some subplots and some, you know, side characters getting the spotlight every now and then, that would be cool to see as well. But for me, uh, and this one's going to be a bit at odds with the whole support your friendly local comic shop, I would like to see comic books available everywhere, like they were when I was a kid. Um, and I think that comes down to mainly the distribution channels, uh, because I remember when I was a kid, you know, being at the supermarket with my mum or my dad, and, you know, they'd be getting groceries, and there'd be a comic spinner rack there, you know, and being able to leaf through that, um, and just have them more widely available, and I know that's probably not as easily done now that, you know, digital comics are a big thing. Uh, and it's a lot easier to acquire them and, you know, slightly cheaper. But I don't know, there's something I miss and it's probably just nostalgia talking. But just being able to walk into any sort of, you know, a grocery store or, you know, the corner oh, corner milk bar, as we used to call them, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> a- anywhere that would be that sort of retailer, you would see comics there in some fashion, whether it was, you know, just... Archie Digest or something, or, or, you know, I remember seeing, you know, X-Men and Batman books at the grocery store, just not having to, you know, I I love comic shops, I love going into them and being able to go through the the back issue bins and find those missing issues or, you know, see new stuff there, but I just want, I just want everyone to read comics and I want them to be able to find them everywhere, Um, and I think widening distribution channels would be that. So I guess the the trend I would like to... And it's not really a trend, it's just the way things are now. It's, um, it's you know, it all, it all comes through, you know, Diamond Comics distribution, pretty much. So I think if we can open those channels up and have the comics out there for all the people, that would make my little heart happy. I'd like to see government subsidise comics. So, you know, Ooh! And, uh, so they... The government pays you to read more, and they pay to read comics, and the comics are available as um, ubiquitously as coffee. How about nice, that? nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. look, I'll, I'll admit, when I was a kid, I was learning new words through comics. You know, mm. and I'd, I'd go and ask my mum or my dad, or, you know, I'd go and look it up in the dictionary, and go, oh, okay, that's what that means. So, you know, comics can be an educational tool. Mm. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Get off a soapbox now. Um, <laughs> we also got some responses to recent episodes. Uh, the first of those being from Martin Gray, who left us a comment 
uh, on episode 153, a weird meta love letter or a ruse. Um, <laughs> and he left that comment on waitingfordoom.com and Martin said, really enjoyed the show as ever. The comic looked nice, but just felt like post-Morrison Doom Patrol generic soup. Characters from his run? Check. Someone speaking in meaningless riddles? Check. No explanation for anything? Check. I'm so sick of the only motivation for a Doom Patrol story being, well, it's the Doom Patrol, it's weird. Bring on the cancellation and then bring on something as radically new as crawling from the wreckage. Ooh. Mm. Thanks, Martin. Mm. Yeah, well, it's not a cancellation, technically. I think they're finishing. It's not getting cancelled. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we also got a comment on that episode from Tim Price, and he said, I spent way too much time considering if Clark was a boy or a girl. Look, not even important to the story, so I was much happier when I let it go and just went with it. Guess I'm still not enlightened, enlightened as I try to be. But boy, did I enjoy this issue. I agree, Mike. A total love letter to Doom, Morrison's Doom Patrol and a joy to read. No, that's not a ruse. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and I especially love the foreshadowing on the cover that shows how to cut Cliff out, alluding to the scissorman waiting inside the comic. Nice. Ooh, but I didn't love Paul missing his cue in the higher-lower bit. Come on, Paul. It makes me laugh every time. Don't let me down, man. <laughs> Unrelated, I'm super enjoying Volume 3 on the DCU app. It's coming out a little at a time matching Comixology, and I'm so glad to finally be catching up with this volume. Love it. And the show, of course. Thanks, Tim. Nice. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Uh, and we heard that issue since then, and I really enjoyed it. So, Cool. Excellent. That, that, that was a good one. That, yeah. was, that was good fun. Uh, and we heard from Tim Price again, uh, this time uh, commenting on episode 154, which is the one uh, we covered the Amalgam comics in. And uh, Tim said about that one, I didn't read the second set of Amalgam. It was cute the first time, so yeah, it was fine. But you guys ran into the fun and frustration. Those names, they're sometimes deliberately awkward. Brother Brood, Shatter Starfire, they certainly don't roll off the tongue, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it matters, but I took this more as a mixing of Doom Patrol and X-Force, especially with the very Lee Field-esque cover and the face bagel that is now permanently part of my vocabulary. Face bagel. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Side note, I've managed to keep up as D Doom Patrol Volume 3 is released on the DCU app. Oh my god, it's so good. Love this excellent ep X episode, Waiting for X. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so um, that pretty much brings us to the end of this show, Paul. Yeah, probably our last show for 2019. Uh, definitely uh, our last show for 2019. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. And with that in mind, the question of the week for the next episode is, what was your favourite whatever of 2019? So let's be positive, no negativity. I just want to hear what you enjoyed. It can be anything. could yes. be a sandwich, could be a TV show, could be a book. A comic could be a podcaster whose name rhymes with Bix. Um, <laughs> could be anything. Right, right. Saul Bix. Saul Bix. Saul. Ah, oh, Saul Bix. Yep, love that show that he's on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> anyway. it's really good stuff that Saul Bix does. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good one. Well, occasionally he's all right. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit rough around the edges sometimes, but, you know. <laughs> you know but sometimes anyway, and... Um, sometimes yeah. he flubs his words, you know. <laughs> he does. He does. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the language... Oh, my... Sometimes the language that comes out of his mouth. My goodness. Oh, wow. You just think, you, you know, you go to church and you pray for Saul Bix's soul. You just think, when will he calm down? And just, you know, <laughs> mind his P's and Q's. Honestly, mm. it's just... yeah. It's but yeah, he's 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 a lovely guy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, okay. Um, and what are we up to next time, Mike? When we come back? When we come back, we will be kicking off 2020 with more of Volume Five of Doom Patrol. Uh, we are Ooh. we are halfway through uh, Volume Five. So um, when we last saw them. Um, yeah, the uh, MSC and the Doom Patrol had sort of just encountered each other. So things are about to get slightly crazier. So looking forward to that. 
Hmm. And we might take a little break for DCOCD till we get our crap together. Um, that's the technical term for where I'm at. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Um, yep. But when we come back with DCOCD, we'll be looking at the New 52, just that tiny little thing. Oh, Frack's going to love that episode. Mm. Yes, love he it. is. Yes. Yeah. But thank you, Mike. Thank you for recording with us tonight. Me, you, it. <laughs> Soul Bix. Soul Bix. So good. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Paul. As always, it's been a pleasure and lots of fun. And uh, thank you for a fun year, another fun year of, of waiting for Doom. It's been a good one this year. We were, you know, privileged to have another volume come out and a TV show. Let's not forget. Yes. You know, who who would have thought that not only would we not have to wait for Doom Patrol, but we'd be waiting for them to return each week on television. That's just insane. It's amazing. It's what a time to be alive, as the kids say. <laughs> what a time to crumb your bum, as they say. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear, and and thank you to all our listeners that continue to to tune in and um, enjoy our shenanigans. Um, it's very much appreciated. We we love the feedback. We love. The interaction with the mailbag, it's its very much appreciated. And I would love to give Jonathan Dye a shout-out because um, he he sounded slightly concerned on Twitter that, you know, we are running out of stuff to cover, which in a sense is true. <laughs> we've, we've, we've literally got, I think, 11 issues of Volume 5 to go. Um, or, although there is the crossover with the uh, Secret Six in that. Mm. So that'll, that'll pad things out a little bit. But, you know, we're... Paul and I have been discussing things. Uh, you know, there's hope springs eternal. So, yep. yeah, we and, still and like each other, and podcasting is in our blood. It's it's yes. in our pants. <laughs> yes, um, and there'll be season two of the the Doom Patrol TV show for us to cover as well when that finally launches. Um, so, fear not, we are here for uh, a, a great deal more time to come yet. So, as the kids say. Um, so yeah, that that anything else you would you is there anything else you'd like to say about 2019, Paul? Um, it wasn't my favourite year. I'll be happy no? to see the back okay. of it. But all right. Uh, um, what doesn't kill you makes you tired. <laughs> I agree. Yes. <laughs> Definitely agree with that one. So, yes, if you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us via Wilfred on Twitter. He's at WFDPod. You can email us at waitingfordoom at gmail.com. You can check out the Waiting for Doom Facebook page and our awesome site, waitingfordoom.com. And that's us for another year of Waiting for Doom. Um, Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everyone who's listening. Um, I hope you have a safe and relaxing break at this at the end of this year and um a safe and happy partying experience on new year's eve if you're so inclined Um, and yeah as always be good to each other don't be a crumb bum and uh we'll catch you again next time i fucked that up didn't i I think it's okay. You think it's okay? I'll, uh. You think it's fine? You think it's fine? I won't edit it out. I'll, uh. Hi, this is Tom Taylor, and I'm not working on Doom Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it.